Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up on the Friday edition of Passion, we're going to talk about a new uh, dating app called Say Allo, now available in Montreal, and we're going to talk about romance scams and how people can protect themselves from that, plus uh, many, many more uh, stories and news items and studies that I'd like to share with you. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. So, you know, you can send me your uh, emails as well to laurie at drlaurie.com. So here by text at 514-800, I had a mastectomy, lost my nipple. What's the best option for breast reconstruction? So I just want to take this opportunity to let all all of you know that I am a doctor of psychology and not of a medical doctor. So um, I don't want to give you medical advice. I can only... share with you some of my knowledge. You have to speak to a plastic surgeon for breast reconstruction. The only thing I know is that for nipples, there are organizations that uh, even for free, I believe, uh, do tattooing of nipples. They will tattoo what looks like a 3D uh, picture or 3D tattoo um, that looks quite real. and, and very good. So you have to, you might want to just uh, Google that and see who in Montreal does these kinds of, uh, of tattoos. But as for the rest of the breast, that you need to speak to a plastic surgeon. I got this email. Uh, this one came from your, the passion poet. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Laurie. I just came home from work and wanted to share something with you. At a customer to at a customer's today, overheard parts of a conversation in the company cafeteria at lunchtime. Seven women were discussing your show and you. Uh, and I, this is a quote, I would like to email her and ask her a thing or two. Another commented, oh my God, me too. But if my husband ever found out, I would not hear the end of it. I felt like saying something, but not my place. Perhaps at the beginning of the show, you can say something like, Email me, text me, do not feel your problem is unique. Your problem is likely the same as many others. Names are not mentioned and everything is confidential. Uh, Well, it's not quite confidential because we're airing it, but it is anonymous. Uh, So it is true. And uh, thank you for pointing that out. Maybe I should say this more often. No questions are embarrassing or stupid or silly questions. I guarantee you that if you have a question, that same question is on somebody else's mind or has been at some point. So uh, I know you always say something similar, but I guess everyone thinks that their problem is like no other. I think you have a silent fan base that are too scared or shy to email or uh, or text you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing that uh, for sharing that with us. And you're right. I think a lot of people are in fact too shy or embarrassed. Not if it was any other topic, but sexuality is just one of those things that uh, tends to make people very shy when it comes to talking. Five one four eight hundred. If you want to text in a question. Hello, Dr. Lori. I'm a big fan. I was wondering about female ejaculation. I'm intrigued by this 
let's see. I was, yes, I'm intrigued by this. I would be amazed to see my wife squirt. To me, that's a sign of maximum pleasure and almost seems upsetting. I want her to douse me with cum. I know she's very well pleased, but I guess I'm saying if any woman would squirt, it should be her. So let's, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about female ejaculation in a little more, uh, in a little more depth because there's a lot of, um, it's not controversy, but a lot of confusion around female ejaculation and what it is. Even scientists don't quite fully understand what it is. And unfortunately there, it hasn't been all that much research on how it works or even its purpose. Like why do women, why can women do this? Is there a purpose to this? We know what, we know male ejaculation, there's clearly a purpose for that. Uh, So all I can say here is female ejaculation is uh, normal, but how many people experience it? That's still up in the air in terms of, uh, in terms of research. So what are we talking about? Female ejaculation is the expulsion of fluid from a woman's urethra during orgasm or sexual arousal. The urethra is the, the duct that carries the urine from the bladder to the outside of the body. Now, according to research, there's two types of female ejaculate. I think one is more common than the other, but nonetheless, one they call squirting liquid. It's uh, usually colorless and odorless and occurs in larger quantities. The other one is called ejaculate fluid, which is typically thicker and appears milky. So there has been um, the analysis of uh, of the fluid, and they find they found that it contains prostatic acid phosphatase, which is a PSA, basically an enzyme that's present in male semen that helps um, sperm motility. Also, female ejaculate ejaculate contains fructose, which is a form of sugar, which is also present in uh, male semen, by the way. So the experts believe that the PSA and the fructose that uh, are present in that fluid come from a gland called the Skeen's gland, or other another word for it is the paraurethral glands, or commonly known as the female prostate. Now these glands sit on the front inside wall of the vagina right near the G-spot, which is why female ejaculation is often associated with the stimulation of that area. So you're actually stimulating the paraurethral uh, glands. And when you stimulate those glands, it produces PSA and fructose, which then move into the um, urethra. So we, all, we now know that this is not a, an incontinence problem or a continence problem. Research has disproved this idea and actually has confirmed the existence of female ejaculation. So what one study found was that the fluid accumulates in the bladder during arousal and leaves through the urethra during ejaculation. So they wanted to see like, how does this all happen? Because people are very confused about this. They think they're urinating. So the researchers used ultrasounds to confirm that the participants bladders were empty before arousal, completely empty. Then the women would stimulate themselves until they ejaculated while the researchers continued to monitor them using 
ultrasounds and they found that the women started with an empty bladder and then it began to fill during arousal. Then when they did uh, a scan after the ejaculation, the, the bladders were empty again. So it does not fill up with urine, but with this um, fluid. In terms of how many women experience this, that's where it's really wide ranging. Different estimates go from 10 to 50% of women who will ejaculate at some point. Some smaller portion may do this more uh, regularly. Some even believe that all women experience this, but many women don't notice it because sometimes the fluid can flow backwards into the bladder rather than leaving the body. So that's really, uh, really, really interesting. Interesting. Another study found that 54% of the women who they studied said that they had experienced it at least um, once. So uh, bottom line is um, we don't fully understand the biological purpose of female ejaculation or how it works. We just know that it's there and we know it's not uh, urine that women want to, uh, you know, expel. I recently went to a doctor. He asked me about different things and then asked me if I could be pregnant. I said, no, definitely not. He looked at me funny and says, how can you be sure? I told him that I was a virgin by choice. I'm in my thirties. He looked at me like I had eggs growing out of my head and said, that's weird for somebody at your age. That is completely inappropriate as far as I'm concerned. What should I do in these situations? Well, in these situations, you might want to tell the doctor, um, I'm sorry, but that is an inappropriate question. I mean, he might have just responded spontaneously because he has not seen that or has seen that very rarely. Um, but you're right. It's not really an appropriate uh, comment to make. And if you're uncomfortable with uh, that particular doctor or feel judged by someone who's treating you, then you have every right to try and find someone else that you feel more comfortable with. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk to the founder and CEO of Say Allo, a new dating app that launches in Montreal. So we'll find out what that's all about. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Are you tired of these same old apps? Are you worried about being catfished? Well, you might have another option for you. Joining me right now is Zachary Lewis. He is the founder and CEO of Say Allo, which has launched in Montreal. It is known as the Smart Dating App. Hi, Zachary. Welcome to the program. Hi, Dr. Laurie. It's uh, great to be on with you. Wonderful. Now, tell me how, uh, why is this a smart dating app? What's the difference between this dating app and, say, Tinder or Bumble or any of the others? Yeah, that's a great question. This is um, a smart dating app. It's, it's developed, uh, for first of all, for people seeking compatible connections. And we like to think of it as not a dating app but a relationship discovery app that is based on um, the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy that was, uh, I co-developed this app with uh, one of the co-developers of cognitive behavior therapy, uh, along with Dr. Beck. His name is Dr. Shaw out of uh, Toronto. 
And the, the biggest difference with this app is that it learns with every interaction um, of the app. So as you're swiping through the app, it's learning your interests, your behaviors, and it's also learning attraction as you swipe. Okay. Which so it's, is a, a major, major, major difference between Tinder and Bumble. It's looking at, it's actually identifying exactly what you're attracted to by analyzing your behavior on the app? It's looking at a, a few different elements. First of all, it's, it's uh, one major difference with our app is that instead of asking you who you're interested in to start with, we're asking about you and your past. So we're asking about past relationships. We're asking about uh, are you interested in kids? Um, have you been married, not married? Those sorts of things uh, that uh, are questions germane to forming compatible relationships. And then with every swipe, we are learning uh, those data points in, in addition to the data points of the profiles you're swiping on. But attraction is key with our app because we're learning also hair color, skin color, eye color, and heuristics. So say, for instance, that you know, we're out having a coffee or a beer and, and you're telling me that you're attracted to a certain type of person, but inside of the app that you're, you may be swiping on somebody different altogether, that we learn that inside of the app and, and all in an effort to, to guide you to a compatible match. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like some of those apps, um, the ones that are out there, you really don't have anything to go on except what somebody looks like and their age, really. Like how much information is on. Is there more information on this app than, say, on, on Tinder? Yeah, you know, I, I'd really um, imagine Tinder met eHarmony with the brains of Amazon. And that is <laughs> Say good. Hello. It's, uh, the, the idea of Say Hello is, is not to find a, a casual relationship or um, a hookup. It's, uh, it's intended for, you know, somebody that is, is in their later 20s to early 50s, and they're ready for a relationship. And so uh, when you get on the app, it's, it is um, out, uh, uh, immediately you notice uh, the questions that we're asking you uh, to guide you to a, a relationship. You don't just get on and start swiping. And, and okay. that's the, the, uh, the experience with the Tinder or Bumble, which is, is you know, every, there are a variety of different kinds of apps which are, good for different phases of relationship. Ours, you know, we're hoping it's the the last swipe that you'll ever take. <laughs> I like that, the last swipe you'll ever take. Uh, do you think that this kind of app, like this Say Allo, is, uh, will protect people more from, say, fake profiles or catfishing? I think that's a, that's a, a big problem. Um, you know, it's a, there's an interesting statistic that um, the Better Business Bureau put out that in Canada and in the United States over the last three years that people have been fleeced uh, close to a billion dollars from dating and and romance scams. And so uh, I think, you know, a big concern that people have when they get on apps is, am I going to meet uh, a genuine person on the other side? Mm -hmm. And we want to dispel that myth. We want you to make sure that you're you're meeting the person that you just connected with, and so because of that, um, we uh, we try to to fast forward um, after you connect, and, and uh, we give an opportunity to start a video date inside of the app. 
which it, it accomplishes a couple things. Number one, uh, you're able to determine, is this person the person on the profile? Okay, check. Okay. But number two is that you get to see if there's a spark. And, you know, with dating apps and, um, you know, my experience, and, and you know, I, I should say that I, um, I've, I've had great success with this app because I found my wife on this app. So oh, I'm fun. very, very for- fortunate. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. you know, I, I know, I know it works. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for sure. I um, <laughs> love it. Somebody but, who puts their know, money where their mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so true. But, you know, with, with this is that if you're on, on multiple different dating apps at once, with once, which you know, studies will say that people are typically on between three to five right. uh, different uh, apps at, at, at the same time, is that you, if you're messaging inside of an app all in an effort to meet somebody in person, and then you meet somebody in person, and they're a great writer, and they've caught you with, you know, their ability to wordsmith. Mm-hmm. But then you meet in person and it's just, you know, it's a, that wow. spark isn't there. Right. Something's missing. Right. We, we want to fast forward be, to, because that's a huge part of compatibility as well. So really you're looking at many values, like you're, you're able to like pinpoint someone's values. And, and so it goes a little deeper into the person is what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Um, you know, when, when I developed, uh, this company, it was, I had previous to this, I was in, uh, radio streaming and, um, uh, sold that company and, and found myself single. And I went on what a lot of entrepreneurs go on is a vision quest. Okay. And so I find myself, I went to Vietnam and I bought a motorcycle in Saigon and rode a thousand miles up the coast to Hanoi. And I was thinking about singledom and dating and, and what that meant. And um, the idea behind this app was that if we can take psychology and then marry that with intelligence, in this case, artificial intelligence, and, you know, truly have an app that learns the more that you engage and the more you engage, the more attractive the app becomes in itself. I'm not just saying the people on the app, but mm-hmm. all in an effort to guide you to, to a better match. And that's really where this app was born. And um, right. we were in development for the last two and a half years uh, with this app, and we did our beta in the U.S. before coming back home to Montreal. So you're a Montrealer. Launched... Are you a Montrealer? Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a Montrealer. My co-founder is a Montrealer, okay. um, so I can't I can't claim that myself. But um, <laughs> I've I've been commuting to Montreal for the last 15 years, and and okay. uh, the team is in Montreal. All right, we're talking uh, with so... Zachary Lewis, founder and CEO of Say Hello, a new dating app. Um, I'm wondering, do, are people worried about you having so much of their personal information? Not that we've found um, that I think the information for us, it's key because you know, we're using your information. And, and by the way, it's, it's information that you're giving to us. So right. we're not um, you know, taking, scraping the web or doing anything like that. Right. Uh, you're, you're freely giving it to us um, about your relationship and experiences. Um, some may call it, you know, your, your baggage, right? It's, uh, it's, we want um, to use that. 
uh, information to to guide you to something that is right. uh, smarter and different than other relationships exactly. or relationship apps. I'm wondering because you said something about you want uh, people to give, let's say, their history of relationships, but do you use that as a basis for finding like similar matches to those? Because that's, many people could have really like really bad experiences or have um, you know unconsciously choose people that are not good for them. <clears throat> so how do you? I think that yeah, you know, in our our compatibility compatibility index, we do ask you one very important question. It's when was your last relationship, and was your relationship last relationship yesterday, or was your last relationship over a year ago? Mm-hmm. Um, have you been married or not married? You know those those types of questions. That's that's very important to understand intent. And because we're not a casual dating app and that we're a relationship app, that if you got out of something yesterday, um, and if it was a healthy get out yesterday or an unhealthy get out yesterday, Mm -hmm. do you need a minute um, before you are ready to relax and find yourself in a new healthy relationship? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And so we use that as a data point um, in matching, uh, or I shouldn't say matching, but um, you know, providing uh, our compatibility score with other potential matches because we're not matching you per se. It's it's the same. How does it work? Um, feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same feel as, as a Tinder or Bumble in that okay. you're swiping through the application and okay. you both need to swipe on each other. Okay. But the key elements when you see a profile is it, that each profile we show you a compatibility score. Ah, okay. So and that's the big difference. That's huge, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. So then you, you kind of know where you where you stand on, on various uh, elements rather than just, oh, we both like each other's picture. Here we go. Makes a lot this of sense. This is not a hot or not. You know, right, right. He's, he's, he's done that for us, and you know, thank you that everybody's gone through that that phase, you know, in life. But there's there's got to be something more, yeah. right? So yes. they, they sometimes say, you know, find a good cook because you know uh, looks fade. So yeah. you know, we don't. Although we don't ask the cooking question inside of the app. So. Zach, where can people uh, find information about say hello? Yeah, they can go to sayhello.ca for more information. And allo is spelled A-L-L-O, like say allo in French. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. Exactly, yes. Zach, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate thank it. Good luck so with this. Dr. All right. Hope Thanks people find their match. On. My pleasure. Uh, that is uh, Zachary Lewis, founder and CEO of Say Allo, a new relationship app. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about employers cracking down on sports chats in the workplace because, oh, it excludes women. Boo-hoo. We'll talk about that and more. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. So, read this interesting article, wanted to know what you thought, but it goes like this. Sports chat at work should be discouraged because it excludes women. And if unchecked, according to this uh, this head of a, a chartered management company, if left, if unchecked, it can be a gateway to laddish banter, including men bragging about sexual conquests. 
This is according to this female head of a major business body in the, uh, in the UK. She has said that bosses should actively curtail male staff talking about football, cricket, and rugby in case women felt left out at work. Uh, a bit nuts, no? Uh, she says a lot of women in particular feel left out. They don't follow those sports and they don't like either being forced to talk about them or not being included. I have nothing against sports enthusiasts. That's great. But the issue is many people are not fans. Um... She says it's a gateway to more laddish behavior, and if it goes unchecked, it's a signal of a more laddish culture, I, I guess boyish or whatever you want to call it, right? Like uh, um, male macho culture, I think is what she's really saying. Uh, Pierce Morgan tweeted after this, what utter twaddle. We've got to stop these virtue signal signaling cretins sucking all the fun out of life. <laughs> uh, so what if some talk excludes women? Aren't there plenty of women who talk about stuff that excludes men, like their periods or their children? Or, and like, what about people who don't have kids and they feel excluded? Like, are we going to control what people talk about at the water cooler? It's, um, do you really think that? Talking about sports is going to lead to more boorish chat, including uh, talk about having sex with women and, and such. It, it sounds a bit, uh, I don't know. She says it should be banned, this woman. I, I think that's going way, uh, way too far. And by the way, there's plenty of women who also like sports. So... I, I don't quite uh, get that. But critics have said that by applying the same logic, non-work-related chats about TV shows uh, like uh, Game of Thrones or Love Island or whatever should also be curtailed, while others asked if workers with children could be stopped from talking about them in case it offends those without them. I, like, yeah, sometimes you're going to alienate certain people who could care less about whatever you're talking about whether it's movies or sports or whatever it is like where does this end exactly it's uh, going a little bit too much uh this texter writes like seriously as if that's what guys talk about i, I don't know um, what do guys actually talk about i'm not sure um <laughs> so funny. All right, let me tell you about a couple of events happening. Uh, first of all, tomorrow starts National Condom Month. I like that because it brings awareness to the to condom wearing. So February is National Condom Month, and tomorrow is Measure a Penis Day, an initiative by uh, One Condoms that want to look at the. Uh, they want. To, to help you find the perfect fit. And so they have these little kits that they can send you with a little measuring tape, etc. They actually have 60 different sizes of condoms. That's a lot. 60 different sizes. So um, you can look them up, uh, onecondoms.com, and then have the conversation about that. Something else that's happening starting February 23rd and which will run for five consecutive weeks, 
Myself, along with a, uh, a certified pre- and postnatal trainer, Coach Becky, and a pelvic floor physiotherapist, Laura Schaefer, will be doing a five-week pelvic floor strengthening uh, program, basically. It's for women only. Sorry, guys. Don't mean to exclude you, but that's uh, what it's for. Uh, this is happening at 360 Punch. You've heard me talk about them. That's uh, where I, I work out, but we're doing this special seminar on Sunday, so five consecutive uh, Sundays, and we've got uh, three experts there to help you. Uh, it will improve your core stability, your posture, increase your orgasmic potential, uh, will help uh, urinary uh, incontinence, will help you uh, control that better, and it will help you strengthen the deep muscles of your uh, pelvic floor. So this is great. The, the whole thing for five at, for five full hours, five classes is $149, and it includes the Benoit balls, the, the Kegel balls that we will use, and uh, the Kegel balls are by Lavana, Lavana by Vivillo, which is a, a great company that makes these... Um, these oriental balls, you must have heard about uh, Benoit balls, but they, they're inserted and they're, each of them are differently weighted and you can use them to practice to, uh, with the different weights to increase your strength, your vaginal strength and your pelvic floor strength. So you can look them up, Lavana by Vivillo, V-I-V-I. L-O. So if anybody is interested, do me a favor, send me an email and we'll uh, get you on that list. So you can email me to lori at drlori.com, lori at drlori.com, or you can send a message to uh, through Instagram to 360punch, three, the number 360, and then punch, and then uh, we'll put you on uh, on our list and confirm. So there you go. Couple of texts message here. Um, if you're not into the topic, it's your problem. Poor baby feels excluded. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let her know we are talking about her period. Uh, okay, here's a question. Is 13 too young to talk to my son about condoms and they actually make them in his size? Well, I don't know his size, but generally a 13-year-old is close to being full grown penis wise was still grows still for a couple of, uh, of years. But, uh, if once they hit puberty, it's, uh, pretty much the size they're going to be, but everybody hits that stage or their growth spurt at different times. So it might be at 15, it might be at 16, it might be a little later. Um, I think that talking to kids about condoms Yes, you can talk to your son about condoms. He hears about condoms. He's seen what they look like and showing him what it looks like, telling him what it's for, and already setting the groundwork for safe sex practices for when he will be ready, putting it in his head that you should never, ever have sex without a condom. And here's why. So I just want you to know that's how you use it. That's what they're for. And when you are ready and feel 
responsible enough to uh, to have sex, then condoms will be available for you. And I would say, yes, even make them available because part of the problem is when these kids are having sex, they don't have the money to go out and buy condoms or they're embarrassed to go buy condoms. And then what do you end up with? Uh, a 14 or 15-year-old dad? I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It's very devastating to the family and everybody else. So um, you don't want your... 15-year-old boy to be the the father of of a child and he has zero control. So we have to have that conversation in terms of responsibility uh, when, uh, you know, when is it a good time to have sex? You have to be responsible. You have to tell them, hey, do you think you, you could be a dad? And you have the conversation like, what if your girlfriend gets pregnant? What then? What if she decides even if she's 14 or 15 or 16 or 17, that she doesn't want to have an abortion and she wants to keep the baby. You don't have a say in it. The guy does not have a say in it. Um, And so he will be a dad and then will have to take, assume that responsibility. So you have to be able to have that conversation with uh, boys too. Um, I just don't want him to ask me how to put it on or show him. Well, you use a banana. That's what, uh, use a banana and show him that's how it goes on. That's it, pure and simple. In classes, we use a a wooden penis. Some teachers use bananas or what have you. So you could do that as well. Coming up, this is fun. uh, The world's weirdest sex records uh, put out by Lilo, a, a sex toy company. The world's weirdest sex records. I've got 18 of them, which I will share with you, which makes great conversations for parties. Uh, So you might retain some of this information. Passion with Dr. Lori Batuto on CJAD 800. 514-800, if you want to, uh, you know, say something, talk to me, whatever. Uh, the world's weirdest sex records, this is put out by Lilo, something fun that you can talk about at uh, the water cooler. So, um, the road less traveled, this is called the first one. Science major uh, Drake Hardy managed to masturbate without climaxing for over 10 hours, combining his biological knowledge with, with his familiarity with Tantra. He now is considered the longer than average, no, he considers longer than average sessions as me time. 10 hours of masturbation. So there's a record for you. Uh, this, <laughs> number 17 was Queen of Queefs. Queefs are basically vaginal farts, basically. Uh, so she was, uh, Abby was a contestant on the Howard Stern show, of course, and she managed 93 queefs in a single minute. That's 1.5 per second. Uh, the world's oldest virgin, Clara Meadmore, uh, was, uh, died at the age of 108 and never once having taken a partner. Most noise complaints, apparently uh, this couple in New York received in one time, because of their noisy sex, 311 
complaints. Their sexcapades could be heard across all six floors of their apartment block. (laughs) Uh, Nature's biggest penis belongs to the blue whale with about eight feet in average length and one foot of girth circumference. But if we're talking about penis size relative to body size, the Argentine bluebill duck has the largest penis at 14 inches. And they're just a regular size uh, duck. Actually, somebody said, did you say the oldest virgin's name was Needmore? Her name is actually Meadmore, Clara Meadmore, but that would be funny. Um, The first man to give birth. Uh, so Tracy Lagondino, she was born Tracy, uh, now Thomas, Thomas Beatty, gave birth to his first child in 2007 after having undergone gender reassignment treatments and surgery back in 2002. His wife was infertile, so he decided to keep his female reproductive organs and went through an artificial insemination in order to get pregnant. He has since given birth to three kids, the first legally registered male to give birth. The biggest collection of penises is found at the Icelandic Phallological Museum in Reykjavik, Iceland, with its shelves heaving under the weight of 3,000 different penises. Made of what? No idea. You might know the answer to this. This is a good trivia question. The first couple shown sharing a bed together. Do you know? Well, that was Fred and Wilma Flintstone. They were the first couple ever depicted in the same bed at the same time. Uh, The person who fathered the most children was Moulay Ismail Ibn Sharif, king of Morocco, between 1671 and 1727. He fathered at least 1,014 children. Wow. Uh, The person who mothered the most children, this was in 18th century Russia, Mrs. Valentina Vasilyeva, uh, had 69 babies, 69, 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. Holy cow. The oldest male porn star, uh, retiring from his job as a travel agent, uh, aged uh, 60, Shigeo Tokuda took up a new hobby later in life, porn. He is now in his 80s, and he has produced more than 350 videos, by the way, all without his wife knowing. Whoa, how did he keep that a secret? The world's smallest penis on record is 0.39 inches. The world's Largest penis is American actor Jonah Falcon. His penis measures in at 13 and a half inches. That is the world's largest penis. The world's strongest Kegels. That is held, that record held by Tatyana Koshevnikova. 
And in 2009, at the age of 42, she broke her own record by lifting a weight of 31 pounds with her vaginal muscles alone. Now, this this pelvic floor strengthening class that we're giving in February will not allow you to do that. Just just saying, I would be very surprised. Um, world's largest natural breasts uh, go to Annie Hawkins Turner. She goes by the stage name Norma Stitz. Okay. Uh, this I don't even know this size. 102 triple Z. 102 triple Z. I, I can't even imagine how big that is. I have no clue. No clue. Did not see a picture. The world's largest surgically enhanced breast, so silicone breast, goes to a woman who goes by the name of Maxi Mounds, of course, total porn star name, uh, and she claims the record for world's biggest surgically enhanced uh, set, wearing, Guinness Book of World Records tells us, a U.S. size 42M bra, and M does not stand for medium. <laughs> so think of like the big breast that we know of now here in our everyday is like tr- double D, triple D. This all goes all the way to M. Uh, most sexual partners in 24 hours, porn star Lisa Sparks, uh, during the 2004 World Gangbang Championship and Eroticon, apparently that's something that exists, she slept with 919 men in just 24 hours. That is 94 seconds per guy. Do you think she had 919 orgasms? I wonder. And the longest kiss goes to a Thai couple who locked lips for 58 hours, 35 minutes, and 58 seconds during a Valentine's Day kiss-a-thon. So there, there you have uh, quite a few little tidbits that you can share at, uh, at the water cooler. Crazy stuff, huh? Like this is nuts. All right, one, uh, let's see if I have time for this. Uh, you know, every every week it seems like a new word comes up to go into our uh, urban dictionary about dating. Every every week there's something something new. Uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about this one, but this one came up in my news feed. Zombieing. Um, zombieing is basically if the person who ghosted you comes back in a more consistent way from the virtual dead, you have been zombied. Zombieing refers to an ex reappearing and resurrecting a relationship. This is different from haunting. Haunting is yet another word um, in that zombieing needn't be cyclical or half-hearted. It could be a full on-again experience. While most people who initiate ghosting do so as a permanent, if indirect, relationship engagement strategy, others use ghosting just to temporarily disappear and perhaps return later. You know, all of these things are not new to the dating world, not ghosting, not haunting, not catfishing, not, not any of, of these things, stealthing, I don't even know. Um, they've been here for generations. We just now have the technology to make all of this so much more possible, first of all. And so we've needed like a whole vocabulary 
uh, for that. Uh, one texter says, I thought Genghis Khan fathered the most uh, children. Well, he it actually it makes him a rival for Genghis Khan, who has apparently now around 16 direct living male descendants today. Uh, so there's got to be a lot there, a lot there too. <laughs> so I don't know which one has more by one, by two. Who the heck knows? And then last, last, last crazy story. Uh, cheating man goes viral after being caught on the jumbotron kissing his side chick. Uh, one soccer fan is regretting his choices after he was caught on the jumbotron kissing a woman who is not, and I repeat, not his girlfriend. Um, so <laughs> it was like, you could see it. It's so funny when you, when you look at the, uh, at the videos after wrapping his arm around the woman next to him and planting a tender kiss, he looks up to the screen and his face immediately changes. He removes his arm and you can actually see the moment his soul leaves his body. According to this report, thanks to his reaction, the video was posted on Twitter and has now been viewed over 27 million times. The video went so viral that this guy, uh, took to Facebook to yell at everyone for making fun of him for getting caught uh, cheating. This is a, was in Spanish, so it was translated. He says, if it was a woman who was in my place, what would you do? Various videos have been circulating of unfaithful women, but they haven't been made fun of as much as me. I hope you never have to be in my position. Yeah, well, did they get caught cheating on a jumbotron? <laughs> Ah, I'm telling you, there's some crazy stuff out there. Really, really crazy. Thank you guys for uh, joining me tonight. Always have fun with you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much to Chris Aiken, our technical producer, to Linda DeLisi, our passion researcher. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can do that uh, at Dr. Lori Betito, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E-B-E-T-I-T-O. Or just uh, if you want to connect with me or find me or email me, you could do that through my website, drlaurie.com, where you will also find a my TED Talks, which we are very close to a million views. So I would love it if you haven't seen it yet. Click on it, watch it, uh, go to YouTube, watch the, uh, I want to get to that million real soon, at least by in, in 2020, that would be just kind of fun. Uh, and of course, all the podcasts of our shows are there as well. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV national news. Have a great rest of the evening, a wonderful weekend, and remember to live your life with passion.